Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to explore the last channel that the brain relies on for large amounts of information. We're going to look at our mysterious kinesthetic channel. So how can it possibly be a major news channel and not involve seeing or hearing? What else is there? What there is, is a felt sensing. Sometimes we talk about vibes and energy. So people that are strongly kinesthetic are incredible at something we might call matching. They have finely tuned mirror neurons, which are terrific. Sometime we'll talk about them in depth. It's almost as if they're always idling those mirror neurons, ready to copy whatever's around them. They can pick up on nuances of facial expressions and posture, tone of voice, but also something I call motion paths, the quality of movement around them. So maybe they can't recognize a person's name or their face in a picture, but they could recognize folks just how, by how they move. They could even recognize them from the back, walking away or at a distance. And even after years of not having seen the person, if it's a special person in their life, just by the style of movement, because they matched with it and brought it back up. It's stored that way. These are the ones we might call the whisperers, like the horse whisperer, the dog whisperer. They also have that quality of getting on the same wavelength with plants. So differences between people are not obstacles for them. Different cultures, different races, handicap conditions, no problem. Everybody's easy to match with. They're not likely to talk as much. Certainly they don't like to talk on the phone or do texting. And part of the reason is that if they can be face-to-face, they can read vibes, and then they know where the other person's coming from, and they know how their words are being taken. But if they're using the phone or texting, that information is lost to them, and they don't like that. In general, they're not likely to be as much in the world of talking. So why is that? They're often very slow processors, especially with words. In order to answer somebody's question in a conversation, they have to get a feel for the question. That's going to take some time. And then they gradually get a picture that kind of relates to that feeling. And now, finally, they're ready to speak on behalf of that picture. Of course, by then, the conversation's moved on to something else. They rarely are given the time to respond. So even though it's quite possible that they're very deep thinkers, They may not even know it because they've never had the luxury of anybody waiting for them to come up with an answer. In fact, they can forget they even had a thought if they don't give the thought a name and jot it down. Because it's stored in this strange gestured choreography inside, it's hard to hold it. If they've written it down, given it a name, then they can look at that name and bring back the motion of it easily. Otherwise, they're going to have to go to the same spot where they were standing when they had the thought. 
Here's a, here's a fascinating thing. This is a way that they can work. I was talking to a ditch writer. A ditch writer is somebody who manages a farmer's irrigation ditch. And the ditch that we were talking about was put together as a conservation dis- district by a group of farmers that had to get on the same page with the idea or it would never happen. Now, farmers tend to be kinesthetic. So they don't do a lot with language. They're not interested in talking a lot. They're more interested in doing things. And they don't like to join very much. They're pretty independent. He said he was the one that would be best to do it. And he said the reason was, I had the time. So I thought, what do you mean, I had the time? And so he explained. He would go to each of the farmers, because he knew them, and he'd let them know what everybody was thinking. They were thinking about putting together this conservancy, and they'd like him to be a part of that. Well, then he would change the topic, keep talking to the fellow, but he'd talk about something else, the weather, the crops, the industry going on around them, what's happening to the roads. And after a while, that person would say, well, now, I've been thinking about what you said, and I guess I'll go along with it. He said, it was like that. I had the time. Sometimes we'd talk about other things for half an hour, but I had the time. So what he was doing is letting them take that question, put it on the back burner, get a feel for it, try out the possibilities of, well, if I go this way, if I go that way, make a bunch of pictures of it, all the while talking about something silly. And when it all came together, they could say, okay, I've been thinking about it, and I'll go along with it. Kinesthetic thinkers need to be treated more like that. They need the time. A kinesthetic thinker is likely to crash with fatigue, not only from too many words, the auditory fatigue, but there is a kind of kinesthetic fatigue as well. So how can that happen? From too much matching. There's a special name for that in service fields. It's called compassion fatigue. If you're trying to help people in need, you kind of do them inside. And after a while, it takes you down. So what are the remedies if you have that compassion fatigue? You're going to need to return to your own body. So massage is great. Hardy exercise is also great. It's going to give you a sense of health and well-being. And the other thing that's terrific, we could call levity. It's a funny word. It means humor. It also means lightness, like floating on air. So joking around is great, and so is any kind of play that involves a sense of kind of soaring. So flying a kite, skiing, biking, having the wind in your face, or watching birds and branches and windsocks swirling in the wind. That's going to help you recover. What about vocations? That's tough you're going to have to get a chance to show your sensitive skills. You're actually the glue or the heart that holds everything together. But when people don't know that, you have to help them discover you. So good luck with that. It's an incredible skill to have. We need you desperately, and we hardly see you. Thank you. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I hope you'll share them with friends. And please visit us at EmbraceYourBrain.com to check out some really great resources.